This is the MDRT Podcast. Imagine sitting with a client and learning that they have thousands of dollars in previously undisclosed debt, or a policy you would not have recommended them buying. During a recent conversation in Bethesda, Maryland... David Munson from Bethesda, Maryland. Dan Johnson from Washington, D.C. Lori Lynn from Fairfax, Virginia. Discuss how they have adapted to these unexpected situations. Meeting with clients, great clients, they've been clients for years, they're just a terrific relationship. They have excess money, and we were looking where to put it. And they were, for the nth year in a row, going to roll over a CD. And they know that I am highly averse to that in this interest rate environment, and they had a lot more choices open to them. And we wanted something more aggressive. We wanted something that had a better profile for them. It was good. It was a big move. They laughed about it, saying, it only took you seven years to crack us out of our CD habit and whatnot. So it, it felt good to have progressed with them. And then I usually, I'm very averse to meeting with only half of a couple. But I have this tool that I call the financial, you agree, David? I agree, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have this tool, the e-money, the aggregation software. I call it the financial okay. dashboard to the clients because I want to introduce another, another brand name. So my company is called Mindful Wealth Partners. So we call it the Mindful Wealth Partners financial dashboard. We're aggregating, we're building it up. I'm meeting with just the wife because he has no interest, the husband in maintaining the software. She is a software geek, which I love. I say geek in a positive way. She's a software geek. She was thrilled <laughs> by it. And um, we're doing this, we're doing this, we're doing this. And she pulls up and the cash says, oh, we got to, I forget what it was. She says, oh, we need to connect to Chase. I said, Chase? Why Chase? She goes, that's where our $19,000 of credit card debt sits, Daniel. The ones we can't get rid of. What? We've been getting this many. Are you high? I, I, I literally, thank goodness, it was a go-to meeting on the phone. And she was absent from my office. And we were, because I, I thought I was going to jump on the table and say, have you been hiding $19,000 of credit card debt from me? She goes, so I didn't, I refrained from saying any of that. But she said, yeah, it's really hard for us to kick. It goes up, it goes down, it vacillates. And I know so much about these people. So much have a terrific relationship with them for a long, long time and had no idea that sitting on the balance sheet was $19,000 of high interest credit card debt. And I would have recommended paying off that debt as opposed to going into a growth vehicle, just making up two weeks earlier, whatever it was. So I just, I was... Reminiscing is the wrong word, but thinking about it a lot. And I literally came to the conclusion, I, I felt good about it, I came to the conclusion, I was innocently and honestly underinformed. I'm glad I did the follow-up. I'm glad I got them back on the tool they were supposed to be using so I could capture all their data. And now I'm more informed, and as money comes in, we're attacking the credit card debt. And I'm adjusting the, the counsel which I'm giving them because I now have a different picture. I felt, I lamented the recommendation I had made, but neither did I fault myself for making it because I made it with the best and, and what I thought was complete data. So yeah, that was a big, a big oops. I mean, there's, it was a good lesson in making sure you have everything. And, but, and also the impossibility of having everything and, and being okay doing the best that you can and that the clients permit you to do. So will you now ask everyone what debt they are hiding from you? I lack an answer to that question. I'm not sure how I'm going to approach it, but I know 
one of the things that I ask actually is I say, is there anything else that I should be asking that I'm abstaining from acknowledging? Yeah. Is there anything else I should know? And I, I repeat that, like you mm. said earlier. I think I think Davey said, keep asking, keep asking. Mm. Is there more? Is there more? So, is there anything that I'm failing to ask about? Yeah. Sometimes I have clients who will give me a set budget and say, this is the extra money I have. Can you find something for me? Or can you come up with a plan for me? And I would come up with a plan for them, but I also tell them that with the given condition, this might be the best recommendation I could give you. However, you know, think of it as a piece of pie. If your pie is this big, and what I'm giving you does not fit that pie because it's either too big or too small, mm. then it's not the best product for your situation. So I need you to open up with me and tell me more about your situation so I can come up with the best pie that will fit you. Have you ever had a situation where your prospective client comes to meet you and they bring you a bunch of papers and you review it and you wouldn't have planned it that way if it was up to you or it wasn't, you know, feel like it was the wrong product or whatnot. And how do you approach that and tell your clients? Because the reason why I'm asking is because one of my agents has a very similar situation like that. Her client is putting 10 grand a month to invest and save. And the product is not like majority of the life insurance part is not set up right so that if you leave it alone it will lapse because the even with 10 grand I'm going in it's a several different product it's several different product all together but um, the financial advisor did not do the right plan and my agent apparently knows that other agent who did that so it's a lot deeper than what I'm saying but uh, but she's at a fear right now and I told her you know we as a financial advisor we need to do the right thing we are not mm-hmm. going to make the decision for them but you you have the obligation to tell your client the facts absolutely yeah but um, she's having a hard time getting over that fear right now these are recommendations of what to say show the facts Seriously, show that be yeah. be the constant professional, irrespective of whether it's wanted or easy, and show the facts. Show and and show them what product is it and what's going on. Just give me some details. It's a uh, several different life insurance policies: some whole life, some variable life. Okay. Yeah, and apparently it's on husband and wife. But what's the problem? Are they underfunding it? Are the market expectations too high for the VUL? Like Underfunding it. And it's a policy that started in 2007. So it's right before you know, the bubble. So they underfunded it, but it hadn't been taken care of properly. So had it that if the financial advisor met with the client and adjusted the premium amount right afterward or something, it wouldn't have been as bad as it is right now. But mm-hmm. just looking at it, you can tell it's going to lapse in the next couple of years. Jeez. Wow. And the money allocated was not a very good choice. I met with a friend of, you know, colleague who works for the same company and, you know, asked them if they were just, you know, look at it to give me an idea of uh, where to approach because it's not my product. And they looked at it and suggested that it was allocated in the wrong fund to begin with and some other, you know, things. So... It's, was that 2020 hindsight? I mean, what made it the wrong thing? I don't know. I find that's always a I don't know. I think it may be that. I don't know. But if that relationship was continually 
TLC, if the TLC was done, mm-hmm. if there was a continuous afterward meetings and support, then it would have been fixed in a very easy way maybe, but Sounds the like wound it. is too deep now and major surgery is needed and the agent is a new agent. Can you help? Scare, I'm, Can you of course, in? yeah, I'm there to help, but um, I think you still. Should, yeah, I would show all the facts. The reason I asked what products mm-hmm. there was, because you can show good, bad, disastrous, ugly, positive scenarios. Mm-hmm. You, you can show the variety of things that could happen with yeah. these suited products. And, and Laura, I think that's what's incumbent upon yeah. you to do is say, look, here's how these could perform. Yeah. Here's the likelihood. You know, right, if we get 12% year over year for the next 30 years, your life insurance is going to succeed. What are the chances of us getting 12% year over year for the next 30 years? Okay, your life insurance is going to fail. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's not going to happen. <laughs> or at least no one's going to rely on it. So, yeah, I think you show the hard truth. I yeah. agree. Yeah, you got to show them the outcomes. Yeah, I think showing is the easy part. It's The hard part is dealing with the the relationships, you know, like Why? personal relationships or, you know, like my agent's client, she has relationship with her current advisor. And, you know, now it's just because... I don't want to make it sound like a daytime drama or anything like that, but mm-hmm. uh, I feel like that's coming. So, you know. I think if you're going to be professional, you need to sometimes let the interpersonal go to the back seat. If you're really there as a fiduciary, if you're really, which I think we should all be, if you're really acting as an independent expert financial observer, then you need to show the facts. Yeah. Irrespective of whether they yeah. like or have a relationship, or if it's you know their mother-in-law, who is near and dear to their heart, but is giving them financial products that are mm-hmm. problematic for them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I told my agent. I said she's going to set up a meeting for me to meet them. And what I told her is that, you know, I will give them advice based on what the minimal of what they should do, so that they could salvage as much as possible without maybe changing the product. You know, maybe they could change the allocation right now and increase the premium. So just to figure out how they can save it without having to lose all the money that they put in all this time. And then I'll give them, go a little bit further more and say, looking at it as of right now today, what would I recommend? Mm-hmm. And the decision will be up to them. I'm not going to tell mm-hmm. them this is all bad. Move it over here, or you know, keep it there, or forget it and walk away from everything. But I will give them a hard fact, no, and they, then I think you, know, you know, give the yeah. give the truth, and then give option A, B, and C, yeah. mm-hmm. um, unbiased, and yeah. then let them decide. Is there a lesson you learned from that experience? I think every time I over and over, I go back, I realize that back to basics. Always, it's really important that you educate your client. I've learned that if I do that and I run into a prospective client like me back in my early 30s, then that person may not become my client right now. But when that person is ready, that person will come back to me. That will be a lot of referrals as well because I know that I've done the right thing and I taught them what they need to know rather than try to make a quick sale or take advantage of the clients. Thank you for listening to this month's episode. If you'd like to subscribe, find us on SoundCloud and iTunes at MDRT Podcast. We'll see you next time.